Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I'm bringing you another guest, my friend Jamie Scrimger. She has quickly become the go-to resource for stepmoms and blended families around the globe. Jamie is a proud wife, mother, and stepmother who has always been passionate about supporting others in living their best life. When Jamie became a stepmom, she was disappointed in the type of support available. So she decided to create the type of support she was looking for. As a life coach with a specialization in stepfamily dynamics and the host of a top charting podcast called the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast, Jamie provides real, raw, yet solution-focused support for stepmoms who want to improve relationships and feel more confident in their role. So welcome to the podcast, Jamie. So happy to be here. Good to see you again. I know it's, you know, and I'm glad we keep being able to connect like this. This is so fun. Yeah, I was just saying before we kind of hit the record button that this is having my podcast has been one of the ways that I've selfishly stayed in touch with my friends during the pandemic and allowed some of our little business connecting and friendship connecting to to go on. Yes, it helps the community, as you say, but a lot of it is it's, it's good for us too, right? 100%. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to start by, you know, asking you to, to, to try to give us a little bit of a pulse either from your own journey or from the stepmoms that come to you for their private counseling. If you're somebody who's not been a step parent and they're going like, I don't know, it's so, so they're not your kids. I don't understand. Like, why do you need a special section in the bookstore? Why do you need a special podcast? Like what's going on over there that, that I don't understand? Cause if you aren't living it, yeah. I don't think they necessarily get it. And I have a mixed group of people that listen to my podcast. So how, how could you explain why it needs its own resource and support? Well, First of all, I think there's a huge stigma when it comes to step parenting, right? Like it just, even still, 
I've tried very hard to change this conversation in the last, you know, nine, 10 years since I've been doing this, but there is still the stigma, the evil stepmom stereotype that still very much exists. And it's really interesting because when you think about a stepmom, when she comes in and she, you know, this is, you know, a heterosexual relationships, marries a man with kids. It's almost like there's this double standard for moms and stepmoms or this like, how do you even put into words? There's these mixed messages for stepmoms. So it's like, you're supposed to step up and love the children like they're your own, but don't actually treat them like they're your own. Cause you need to respect the role of their mom and you need to go all in and make sure that you're taking this role seriously because you are a parent, but don't forget that you're not actually the real parent, right? So there's all these mixed messages and it's really, really tricky to navigate. And then you come into this home and these children have been probably raised in ways that maybe you're not totally aligned with, right? So little things like screen time and, and chores and expectations and all of these ways that you would have maybe raised your children, maybe it's different, right? So then it's hard to come into that space where there's there's that, right? Can you imagine living in a house where there's like, say, four kids and you think kids should be participating in chores and, and active around the house. And perhaps they were raised in a way that they don't have to do that. Right. And, and it, a lot of it falls on the stepmom to pick up those pieces. So, you know, that's just, that's an example there, but the other pieces is, is the co-parenting piece and kids going back and forth and what's the role of the mom. And if there's a high conflict situation with the mom, where do you fit in there? And a lot of times there's a lot of emotions involved as well, right? So moms maybe are struggling with this new person coming into their kids' lives and, and being this, being the motherly figure in that home. And it can create this tension and this, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mom, which is true, but I'm also an adult. Like it's, it's so complicated and you think you know what you're going to experience when you go into this role. You really do. I, I ha was a child of divorce. I grew up with divorced parents. I have you know a background in psychology, social service work. I worked for children's aid and dealt with a lot of blended families and co-parenting situations, provided a lot of support in that area. I thought I knew what I was signing up for, but the emotions that come with that, you don't know. And no one talks about it because there's this double standard between moms trying to keep it real and moms can say, Oh, I just need a break or I'm struggling with my kids right now. And everyone's like, it's okay. Like, you know, this is just real life. But then when a stepmom says the same, it's like, well, what did you expect? You knew they had kids. Like you knew it was going to be like this. So it's, it's just very heavy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny about all the background. Isn't it true though? You know, I'm always like, you could give me a pen and paper test for parenting. And I think I could maybe score, you know, a hundred out of a hundred on a multiple choice parenting test, but throw yeah. me in a room with a bunch of kids that are having tantrums and see how I do without my morning coffee. Not so sure. I'm going to pass that test in real life. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. It's like what you think you should be doing and what you thought you would do is completely different than what you do in this situation, because you don't know about the emotions. And I don't know about you when I don't have my emotions in check, it's not my shiniest version. Yeah. You really put forth, not just surviving step motherhood, like really mm -hmm. thriving in it. And, and in your recommendations and your practice, you talk about it starting with yourself so yeah. it sounds like emotions is part of that, but potentially more. How do you, how, where, where do you make the priority? How do you check in with yourself and start working on you then? 
Yeah. Well, I, it's, it sounds so cliche too, because it's been this like big thing, big push, like self-care, right. And self-care is always like almost become like this job, right. It's not like, I need to do this morning routine or I need to do this, but it's true. Right. And, you and really... I was going to say, yeah, it's become a cliche, but you and I both know you got to do it. Don't, they still don't do it. Like, I don't know what we have to do to bang this into pe- people's heads. I, I, I really oh, yeah. don't know, but uh, sure. Go ahead and get, talk about it, talk about it, but start doing it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I had a um, poll that I did on my Instagram the other day talking about self-care and asking people, like, where do they struggle with when it comes to self-care? And they're still saying, how do I do it without feeling guilty? How do I do it so my family understands? Like, how there still is guilt around it. And I'm like, are we still having this conversation? Like, I can't even believe it. But self-care is so huge when it comes to step parenting. And it's also the personal development piece, too, right? Because being a stepmom is a really good way to get really familiar with what your triggers are and where your insecurities are at and where your communication blips are happening. And I always say, you know, you can sit around and you can talk about all the things the ex-wife's doing and how your stepkids aren't respecting you and, you know, not being on the same page as your partner and all of the extra struggles unfortunately, you're not going to change them. You are never going to change another person unless they want to change. So it has to come back to you and say, okay, how can I change how I'm looking at the situation, my mindset around it, my own reactions, my own communication style, my ability to look at the big picture? Because sometimes the things we think are a really big deal in the moment aren't that big of a deal five years from now, right? And just playing that long game. But Personal development has been so huge for me and just like checking in with me and how I'm dealing with stressful situations and how I'm showing up every day. When you start there, that's where the change happens. And people will sign up for my course or join my membership and they're like expecting this to be all about everyone else. And it really comes back to us. It's like life skills. You know, I'm thinking, why is it that you see all these beautiful, like, I don't know, those artsy fartsy barn board things that say like, you know, family is beautiful or wine time, or I don't know, people post these things around their houses. You know what I'm talking about? These little Mm -hmm. sayings. Why don't they have one, Jamie? Maybe this is your new product line where it says you can't change another person. Like this is the headline people do not let this moment pass. You need to say it again and again and again. You don't change other people. It's not your job to change other people, right? We change ourselves Mm -hmm. and that creates a change in the system. But holy cow, that's a hard one to really take in, ingest and and not be angry about, you know, Mm -hmm. that that's the nature of life to work with it. Yeah. And a lot of stepmoms, this is, this will tick some people off, but like hear this with an open mind. We will say, well, we didn't choose this. We didn't sign up for this, right? Like we didn't sign up to feel this way. And that's 100, like true. I did not know it was going to be this hard. I did not know that we would still be dealing with, you know, legal issues or that it would be like this dealing with like teenagers. I did not know. Just like most parents didn't really know what it was going to be like, but you are signing up for it every day. You are choosing this every day. And I think sometimes we focus so much on the things that we don't have control over that we forget all that we do right? I'm choosing to be in this marriage every single day. I'm choosing to be in this relationship every single day. I am choosing to show up for my stepkids and communicate the way I, like I'm choices and bring it back to you, right? Like you can't just sit around and wait for everyone else to see all that you do or to appreciate you or to change the way they look at what step parenting should look like. It starts with you. 
And if it doesn't feel aligned and if it's not working for you and you feel like you're, you're being disrespected, you do have choices. And I think we sometimes forget the power that we have in, in how we're showing up and what we're choosing for our life. And anytime you have choice, you, you are in an empowered position to, to your point, to, to be able to see the choices that are actually there. There are choices. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I love that there's, uh, I forget whose quote it is, but someone says the quality of your life is based on the quality of your choices. And yeah. if you get to see, you know, I can decide to make this be a big thing, or I can decide to make this not a big thing, or I can, you know, ch- choose to pay attention to the things that I am contributing to this family and not the places where I'm, you know, falling short. The more I keep choosing that good choices, better life. Yeah. You decide how you allow people to treat you and you decide what, who you communicate with and all of that. Like, you know, one of the big things that people always say to me as a stepmom, they say, well, what do you say when the kids say they don't have to listen to you that they're not, you're not my mom. And we've had this happen. There was an incident with, it was so simple. We were on a ski trip and my stepson had his helmet on the table. And I was like, Hey guys, can you just put your helmets away? And he didn't want to listen. He kind of like grunted and growled about something. I'm like, yo buddy helmet. Like we got to clean this place up. Like it's the, you know, the hotel room can just get trashed. And, uh, there was a, well, I don't have to listen to her. She's not my mom. And so I just kind of excused myself and just kind of left it for the moment. Cause I wasn't going to ruin the trip over it. It's true. I'm not his mom, but I'm also an adult in this family. And you know, I'm not trying to be your mom. Like your aunt could ask you to put your helmet away. Like this is just being an adult. And, uh, so the next week, the next, like the Monday, when we got home, he had spilled mustard on his shirt. And so he comes up to my room and he says, Hey, can you get this mustard out of my shirt? Like I had a stain. I'm like, okay. And then I'm working and he comes out and he says, Hey, can you drive me to my friends? Like there was like three different requests of things that he needed from me. And so I went into his room and I said, okay, I said, you know, when you said that to me this weekend, you don't have to listen to me. I'm not your mom. I said, that really hurt my feelings. I've never pretended to be your mom. I I'm your stepmom. I'm, I'm not your mom, right? You have a mom, but I'm an adult in this house. And that's kind of how we've been running our home. And I said, so it hurt my feelings, but that's fine. Like you get to decide how this relationship goes with us. But let me ask you this. If you don't have to listen to me because I'm not your mom, why do I have to take the mustard out of your shirt? Why do I have to stop what I'm doing to drive you to your friends? Maybe your mom or your dad can do that. Like, why do you want, like, this is going to be a relationship based on mutual respect. So I'm going to leave it to you. You let me know how you want this to go, but I can promise you. And I'm like, pretty like straight with the kids. I'm like, I'm not going to let you treat me like crap and disrespect me. And then expect me to stop what I'm doing to show up for you. It's not going to happen. I can promise you that. So you choose, let me know. And uh, we can go from there. And it's never been brought up since. It, meaning that you're not my mom. You can't, that's that sentence. Yeah. How's the respect, how's that. the respect quotient? It's, it's good. Like we, you know, there'll be the teenage blips Yeah, and I will be like, I won't be talked to that way. And then it shut down. Like it, there's just these slips here and there, but there is this like mutual respect back and forth. My partner backs me up too. And he's like, we just, we just treat everyone with respect. And we talked about this when you were on my podcast, you treat 
a teacher with respect, you treat the bus driver with respect, you treat the lady at Tim Hortons with respect, you treat the anyone who you just treat people with respect. So it's not about parents. Yeah. And, you know, and and the the benefit, you know, we're we're wired to get along. You know, there's all those studies of, uh, you know, if one baby starts crying in an incubator at the hospital, then all the other infants can pick up on the distress of that one infant and they'll all start crying out of an Mm -hmm. empathetic, compassionate response to the one distressed baby. You know, that we have to really brainwash soldiers to go shoot people because we're not wired to hurt one another. We're wired to care for one another. And when you realize kids don't like high conflict homes, they actually do want peace. And and to your point about taking ownership for what we can control and not control, when when we empower them to say, we get to decide how respectful we want this house to be, you know, you're, you're part of making a contribution towards having a higher level of respect. And most kids actually want peace and respect too. It's like, yeah, great. Contribute mm-hmm. to that and you'll get it back in, you know, ten t- tenfold. So it's so great. You can like give that use yeah. respect as just like a, a cornerstone to an expectation for a house and that those kids get that as a fundamental. Mm-hmm. I think especially teens. I have to give a quote again here to my friend Paul Rasmussen. He's, I think I must say this on every single podcast now. People are going to say like, okay, give the Paul quote. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, he says something like if you expect your kid, your, your teens, your kids to be perfect adults, you're going to be disappointed. But if you expect them to be perfect teenagers, you're going to be fine. And perfect teenagers are sometimes rude and sometimes gnarly and sometimes moody. And, you know, so we got to roll with that too, right? Yeah. And you also have to think as a stepmom too, I think sometimes we forget what everyone else is going through. You know, how do, how do you feel when you're unsettled? Like when I come home from a vacation and I've been living out of a suitcase and I just feel like I'm going, I'm, I'm not settled in my space and in my home. I'm a little on edge. That's just me as a person. And you have to think about these kids. They have two homes, two sets of belongings. Like they're going back and forth. They're constantly in transition and they're dealing with parents who have different, it doesn't matter if you're on the same page, but rules and expectations, different parents have different styles, like different homes are run in different ways. And so there's a lot of transition there, right? They're, they're never fully settled. And I think it's important to remember that too. Like they're, we've, we always say kids are resilient, you know, they're, they're fine. It's like, I, I, I did not want that as a child when my parents were divorced, going back and forth, like that was too much on me. And so I think we also need to like put ourselves in the kid's shoes and how they're seeing things. Cause it's really hard on them. So how, so what, what are some tips that you typically give for that transition? Because I agree. I know that kids, to your point about that, that day when they return to the other house, that's mm-hmm. usually the toughest day, right? Like it does take time for them to settle regardless of age. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think it's really important to just go easy on them that day, right? Obviously the rules are the rules, but expecting them to walk in and be right back on track where like if you, especially if you have different rules and expectations on things like putting your coat away and hanging up your coat, some families, you can go in and just chuck your coat in the mudroom. And that's just the way you do it. Other families, there's like, you know, a system and order different houses have different ways of doing it. So just gentle reminders about rules and expectations, but don't be like all over them, right? Like go in, just go easy on them. And take your cues from them when they walk in. Sometimes stepmoms and families just notice that when kids come back over, they are a little on edge, especially if there's maybe conflict in the co-parenting relationship or mom has said something. And it can be really hard because these kids are like, well, mom doesn't like stepmom. Mom's real ticked at dad. I know because they pick up no matter what you, if you say a thing or you don't say anything, they know what's going on. And it can be really conflicting when they're like, okay, but I kind of like 
her and I kind of like them and, you know, just give them time to adjust. So I think that's really important. I think it's also really important to ask them what they want for dinner. Uh, have the kids participate in rules and expectations and dinner, right? I, I just like, I'm not doing mealtime battles at this point in my life. So I'm going to cook food that the kids like, and we're going to come up with, you know, strategies on how to do that. So make something that, you know, that they like and ask them if you feel like your kids are struggling on transit transition day, ask them like, how can we best support you? Like, do you want us to like, just not talk to you? And they could be like, yeah, like, let's not like, don't grill me when I come in the house about my week. Like, can you just let me get settled? So participating in that as well. Yeah. That's such a good point. Do you think it makes a difference? You, um, the age of the kids and when you step into the family, like stepping in when mm-hmm. you got toddlers versus teens or, you know, yeah, maybe there's, maybe there's two partners in the past. <laughs> maybe, I mean, yeah. Every situation Whoa. is different, but there, you know, is there a scale of easier ones than harder ones or is it no, you just got to deal with whatever you got dealt or whatever you signed up for, but weren't anticipating. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think the age of the kids makes a difference too, because kids, younger kids are, you know, more welcoming. They don't fully know what's going on. They don't have, they're not really like, they're more resilient, I think. Um, and, and creating that relationship with the step, with the stepmom. So for instance, my, and I think the gender also can play a role too. So like my step, my youngest stepson was five when I came and he was just, I was definitely the mother figure to him in our home. So if he needed anything, he asked me all the time. Like my, my husband and I talk about how he used to be like, Jamie, Jamie. And it got to the point where Darren was like, why isn't he asking me for stuff anymore? Like he's literally going to Jamie. (laughs) Um, So we were really like him and I have always just been super close. My middle stepson who was eight or nine at the time, he struggled with me. He always struggled with me. Um, And we we always had like a good relationship, but not like definitely not that same. He would always go to his dad for anything. That was just kind of what that looked like. And then my stepdaughter who was older, she was 10. Her and I have never had like a parent. I've never been her parent. I've always been more maybe like a fun aunt or I've never disciplined her ever. Um, she's also never really needed. She's kind of been that kid who she's like the perfect child. She kind of set her brothers up for <laughs> unrealistic expectations. She's the eldest in that group of kids. Yeah. Oh, and she's responsible like, eldest. Yes. She's just doesn't do anything wrong. Like even sometimes I'm like, you want to get in tr- like, can you do something? <laughs> like she's, she's really been great. Follower, um, yeah. But we don't, we have a different relationship. So three different kids, three different ages, different personalities. We have different relationships and that's okay. Right. And I think that's another thing too, um, that that's okay to have that different relationship. And I think a lot of stepmoms struggle with that. So that's that sort of radical acceptance, you know, maybe letting go of those expectations that they have Mm -hmm. to look a certain way or be the same, just what Mm -hmm. is, and is what is okay. 100%. This is okay with you guys. Yeah, totally. So because part of your job is then, again, to help them have that confidence, is that part of it that it just needs to be normalized and talked about so that they know they're doing okay and they just don't have a forum to get validation? Yeah. And, you know, that's my goal really is to get stepmoms to the place where they don't need me. They don't need to look at stepmom resources. They don't need to go to a forum. They literally are just so confident in themselves and their family and how they're showing up. Cause there's no one, a good stepmom could look like is very disengaged from the kids and just kind of is that fun aunt. 
Then another great stepmom could be all in and taking over all the parental roles. And like, that's just the role she has. Like, or you could have a great co-parenting relationship with the ex, or you could have no co-parenting relationship with the ex. Like there's no one size fits all approach. And I think a lot of stepmoms are struggling because they feel guilty about the way they feel. A lot of stepmoms feel anxious before their stepkids come. And that's normal. A lot of stepmoms will prefer time when it's just their partner in them, or maybe they have their own kids. They prefer that. It's just less tension, less stress. That's normal. That's okay. Right. Like all of these feelings are okay. And just like normalizing that normalizing, looking forward to the kids going home. Sometimes I look forward to the kids going home because I just need a freaking break. And that doesn't mean I don't love them. That doesn't mean that I'm not here for them. It just means I need five minutes and to not have so many dishes, you know, like we have to normalize all of these feelings and stop feeling guilty for them. But to do that, we need to be able to open up the conversation and and just kind of debunk that double standard. Because again, moms are encouraged to keep it real. Stepmoms are not. It's so interesting, you know, that it just, again, reinforces what society puts as expectations on this completely unrealistic, unachievable expectations that we would always be on, never in a bad mood, never need to put ourselves first. Like all these things where when you actually say, do you think that's a healthy way to live? All of us would say, well, no, that's not even a human. And yet when we deviate, we're just the first ones to berate ourselves. We really are our worst enemies in terms of that internal critic that just says like a better person wouldn't be feeling this way. A better person wouldn't be acting this way or, or whatever. Gosh, we're so hard on ourselves. So hard, so hard. And I think that's just, I think stepmoms just like reach out to me just to know that they're normal. Like this is okay to feel this way. Literally, I go through my forum and my membership. I'm constantly like, this is normal. Like, this is okay. You don't need to feel guilty for this. All the other stepmoms in here feel it. No one's talking about it. Now, what about you say the long game? Play the long mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Play the long game. And it's like, think about whether it actually matters. So little things like, okay. So bedtime used to be my big thing. Oh, I was like the bedtime. Like I, Darren is like, you're like living with a drill sergeant. I wanted the kids to go to bed at a certain time. I thought bedtime was super important, um, which it is, it is. But I also was working at children's aid and I was, you know, parenting from the books, right? So structure, routine, consistency, predictability, all very true. However, in real life, sometimes things happen and like an hour here and there sometimes, or if there's a special event or if the movie isn't finished yet, that's all okay. But for me, and I'm just using bedtime as an example, but there's like little things too, right? Like, so I would be on my partner to like, be like, it's time for bed. We need to do this. Or we get in arguments about, um, the kids not going to bed on time or the kids didn't do this or the kid's room isn't clean. And it seems like such a big deal at the time, but is it not really, you know, like if it's not affecting the way we all like function in the home it's not actually that big of a deal. And it was like loosening up. Like what actually happened there is I lost out on time with my partner because I was pissed at him because he didn't get the kids to bed on time. And I wanted that time with him, but actually didn't get that time with him because we were all like, we were, there was tension between us. So it would backfire, right? Like playing the long game and thinking about the type of relationship you want with your stepkids long-term too. Like the goal for me is to create a relationship with my kids 
that they want to come home for dinner when they're in their twenties, that they think it's fun to like come and like, you know, have a family dinner or go on a family vacation that they want to have that relationship. Not that it's an obligation, right? So playing that long game and being that like safe, comfortable place where the kids can go and know that they're just protected and supported. That's more important to me. So five years from now, it doesn't matter that like there were shoes kicked all over my front foyer. No, you know, that was, that was really more about me feeling like a lack of control in my home and not about kids being kids. Interesting. We kind of opened with this idea of, of, um, control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let it, when we're in a position of fear, I think that we can easily go to control as a way Mm -hmm. of alleviating fear. And I think that, you know, it's easier to let go of control when we bring the fear quotient down, you know, and I think that when you say play the long game, that allows you to sort of stop and think about your values and your priority and why you're in it, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. in it to win it in the long game. And I think that sort of quells some of those fears so that we don't, that rigidity that makes us want to just save the day, save the moment. What would people think if they saw the messy shoes? What would people think of me if they knew that my kids didn't go to bed at nine o'clock? And what would, you know, all those, those internal narratives and, you know, it's like, let go of that fear and, you know, put, put relationship first. And that keeps you grounded. Yeah. And, you know, as a stepmom, it's like fear that you're not accepted, fear that you're not seen as a real participant in this family, fear that you're, partner wishes they were with their first partner, right? And that things worked out there. Fear that the kids won't accept you. Fear that you'll you'll never feel like a member of this family. Because when you first come in, you feel like an outsider. Because you are. You are an outsider. They created this family. You are coming in in the middle of the story, right? So there's all this fear. And that's where our control comes from. But I always say, it's like, how many stepmoms are control freaks? Because I do believe, and this is so true for me, being a stepmom put me in situations where I needed to learn the life lessons that I needed to learn. Like this has been such a transformational experience for me just as a human being. And it's like, oh, you want to control everything in your life here, fall in love with a man with three kids and an ex-wife and a co-parenting agreement that you had no part in creating. Let's see how it goes. I, so I, and I, I love that. And I want parents to really, really hear that, that this is the reframe that you're doing on yourself, um, where you're sort of saying when we get activated, triggered, whatever comes up in our life, we can get all upset about it. Or we can say, I guess this is where I need to learn into my growth, lean into my growth, Mm -hmm. you know, and by God, like the dynamics of a step family is going to have you (sighs) growing faster you know, uh, you might have growing pains. You grow so fast, but if you see it yeah. as growth, as opposed to, you know, the passive victim, you know, woe is me. I didn't sign up for this. What a missed opportunity. It, it sounds like there was an incredible amount of liberation that came from this for you. And it happens all the time. Like even still, like last week there was with my stepson, we had tension. What's the lesson? How do we move on? And especially what's really important to think for any parent is to apologize if you feel like you didn't show up. Like, go to your kids and be like, hey, sorry, I was a bit on edge yesterday. Um, you know, this wasn't okay what happened, but like, I didn't show up as my shiniest self um, in that moment. I just, I just wanted to like acknowledge that and leave it at that because we need to teach our children no one's perfect, right? No one's perfect. And people make mistakes, parents make mistakes adults make mistakes and you want to teach them to be someone who acknowledges those mistakes and can move forward from them as opposed to being like, no, 
I'm, I'm right. I'm the, I'm the parent. You are the child. This is how it's going to be. You know, that's, that's just old school. Yeah, it is. Well, it is. I think it comes from that place of if I show weakness, they're going to walk on me, you know, and when, mm-hmm. you, when, when you get grounded the way you clearly are, Jamie, and how you empower stepmoms in your membership programs and your coaching to feel empowered, you, you can show your weakness because you're, you know, you've got that root already in deep grounded. You're okay. You can withstand mm-hmm. the family storm of the step family with dynamics that are going yeah. on, right? So if people want to work with you one-on-one or they want to join your community or, you know, I know you've got downloadable resources, like, let me throw it over to you to, to let people know how, how can they keep this conversation going outside of our podcast time here today. Yeah. Well, I have a podcast. Um, so it's the kick-ass stepmom podcast and we release episodes every Monday. So definitely tune into that. I'd love to carry on the conversation there, but, um, so yeah, there's lots of resources over on my website, jamiescrimger.com and I have a membership space it's on the website as well. I have, if you want to work with me one-on-one, I will do a one-off call or you can work with me for three months and we can really dive in and create an individualized plan for you to kind of navigate whatever's going on in your situation. So there's lots of different options and I have like hundreds of free blog posts over there. So, um, if you're not, if you're not into investing in it and you just kind of want to dabble into some more stepmom content, that's where you can go. Okay. And I'm going to put all those obviously um, in the show notes. And I thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that you want to make sure that, I, that you know, did we miss anything? Is there any big key takeaway that you want to make sure that didn't get missed in our, in our chat? Yeah. I think I would just like go back to the whole, you have to start with you and do the work on yourself. I always say like the best, the best resources for stepmoms aren't actually resources for stepmoms. And I actually have a page on my website with all of my favorite books and um, personal development books. Like Terry Cole's The Boundary Boss is really good. It's like how to do the work. I think it's Nicole LaPera. Um, those are all really great personal development books that have been the catalyst to change for me that have then helped me show up better in my step family life. So it's all intertwined. It's not, it's stop focusing so much on the stepmom stuff and focus more on you. Wow. Fantastic. I'm going over now to, I, to, to check out the boundary books. I, I, oh yeah. You have to. So good. Yep. So good. Okay. All right. I'm going, I'm, I'm going over. I'm going to steal some resources. Jamie, thank <laughs> you so much for all you do. Thanks for making time this morning. Yeah, no, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Catch you next time. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.